Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. Today we're going to talk about being a victim and how this applies to you. Before you turn it off and you think, I'm not a victim, how dare she say that? Just hold on a minute. Is there a situation where you are feeling sorry for yourself? Is there a situation where you really dislike somebody? Is there a situation that you are just miserable in right now? And I know a lot of y'all listening are dealing with work unhappiness. Maybe you're not miserable, but maybe you think I can't do so-and-so or I should do so-and-so. If you have these thoughts, guess what? You are playing the role of a victim. But don't worry, I've got some good tips for how you can get out of this. And if you still think I'm not a victim, at least listen to this because I'm sure you'll you'll think of other people in your life who are probably being a victim. And there are three roles that you could be playing and only one of them's victim. So keep listening. Um, This is all about something that I learned from Martha Beck. It's called the Karpman Triangle. What is life coaching and do you need it? Maybe you find yourself thinking that while you're listening to this podcast. Well, I can tell you life coaching changed my life and I had had years of therapy. I mean, years of therapy. Therapy um, helped with a lot of, you know, figuring out what my issues were. And then therapists a lot of times give advice. I don't give advice. What a life coach does is helps you figure out where you're stuck, where you're not happy, why you're not happy. And then we help you move forward, like map it out, come up with tools that'll help you. You're accessing your own inner wisdom. I know it makes my job so easy because we each have that own inner wisdom. If you're curious about life coaching, let's do a complimentary discovery call. It is so much fun and I think you'll be blown away. I mean, really, even 30 minutes, it's going to it's going to rock your world. So let's try it. Come on over to CoachHopeCook.com and that's where you schedule your complimentary discovery call. And she didn't invent the Karpman Triangle. She just told me about it. So it was created by Stephen Karpman, K-A-R-P-M-A-N. And it's a triangle, as the the phrase implies. And it has three roles. So he says, in a lot of relationships, there is a victim, a rescuer, and a persecutor. So I want you to think about this in terms of your work situation. 
if you're not happy. So this could be if you're self-employed. This could be if you work for somebody. It could even be if you're a stay-at-home mom. All right, so, and you may not be in this triangle, but I bet you can relate to times when you were a, one of these players in this triangle. So think of it as three parts in a play. And we change roles. So we're not always the victim. We're not always the rescuer. We kind of jump from role to role. All right, so sometimes you're the victim. You're the one that's being attacked. You're the one that you feel sorry for in the situation. Maybe you feel helpless or hopeless. And then there's the rescuer. A lot of us who are in healthcare are probably rescuers. So we rush to calm, soothe, heal, comfort the victim, um, fix things. Then if you're the persecutor, you're the bad guy. Persecutors really don't think of themselves as the persecutor. So that's probably not one you'll identify with. But maybe in hindsight, you'll say, actually, I was the one who was... Um, treating somebody unfairly, or I was the one who was um, gossiping or ganging up on somebody else. Um, because often the victim and the rescuer may gang up and say, yeah, that boss is a total douchebag. And so then they become the persecutor, but you don't realize it because you're thinking, you know, all these self-righteous thoughts like, yeah, our boss is a douchebag. Um, Anyway, and then the um, the rescuer kind of helps you sometimes feel worse. Like, yeah, you poor thing. You should, you are seeing way too many patients. You are being underpaid. You are doing all the work in your house while your husband is going out for happy hour. You know, all these things. The rescuer could be like your mother, your good friend, your, you know, who knows, but somebody who sort of helps you feel worse. And it feels good to attack the persecutor. It feels good to have a bad guy in this situation. Like, how dare you? You know, even yesterday I was at a lunch and um, we were supposed to listen to a five minute talk five minutes. And it was like 35 minutes. So in my mind, I was the victim because they didn't bring food out for the first hour. Half the table got food. My half did not get food. So I am feeling so sorry for myself. Poor me. I didn't get food yet. And also the persecutor in this case was the guy giving the speech, who was a really cool guy. But in that 20 minutes that I sat there and fumed about it, if he would quit talking, I would get my food. <laughs> so this little triangle takes place many times a week, sometimes many times a day. This morning, my son um, had left the dining room light on last night, which is right outside my daughter's bedroom. And she said, I had to get up at nine o'clock and turn the light off. It was so bright. It was shining in my room. And so I fussed at my son when he got up and said, don't leave that light on. That was rude, disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And so my daughter was the victim. I was the rescuer. Poor Ollie had to get up after she'd already fallen asleep. And my son was the bad guy. And, you know, it, it was hard to get, it was hard to let it go because then he got defensive. And so then I, you know, became the victim. Like, you are being so rude and disrespectful to me. So that I'm the victim and I try to get my husband involved to be my rescuer. All right, so anyway, think about this in your current situation with work. 
Because I know all of y'all do something. Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, that's work. Even if you have your own job and you're um, sitting home coaching clients or doing something virtually, you still have, that's still your work. So think about, are you in this triangle right now? And if so, are you the victim? Are you the rescuer? Or are you the persecutor? Maybe if you are a coach, or a real estate agent, or I'm trying to think of other things, even a teacher. These are all people who could be rescuers. So you could be loving when you are able to fix a situation for somebody, you're able to help a kid out, you're able to help somebody find a home. So it's not a bad thing. Rescuers, none of these are bad per se. I just want you to identify the role that you're playing because each role has an upside and a downside. All right, I'm going to teach y'all how to how to flip this around. So if you do think that you are the victim, if you're in a job where you're like, oh, I'm so burned out, I can't keep doing this, and it feels like none of it is your fault. It feels like it's all the schedule. It's the pay. It's the benefits. It's your coworkers who are not pulling their weight or they're rude or they're gossipy or whatever. We so often in work think of ourselves as a victim. And this leads to major unhappiness. This, this is like 90% of my clientele. It's because they're unhappy at work. And if we go through and I try to figure out which role they're playing in this triangle, a lot of times they feel like the victim. Otherwise, they wouldn't be so unhappy. And like I said in the beginning, I know this can be triggering because it makes you feel defensive. Like I, I am getting screwed as far as my salary. I was texting back and forth one time with another um, healthcare provider and we were um, texting about what she makes and she really didn't know what other people in the field made. And so I shared some data with her. And she texted back in all capital letters, I am totally getting screwed. And she probably was, like her salary was much lower than everybody else's. So the point is not that like if you're being a victim, this is bad. The point is how can you turn it around? How can you shift the way you're thinking about it? Okay, so Martha went on to say that there is a book called The Empowerment Dynamic by David Emerald. And um, I think Liz Gilbert has talked about this, this particular book before. I haven't read it. It's on my list to read. But David Emerald helps flip. He speaks about this triangle and helps flip it around. So here we go. If you're the persecutor, you're the bad guy, you can become more of a challenger. So think about Martha gives the example of like a... Um, a coach at the gym, you know, a personal trainer, like you don't think of them as the bad guy, even though they're making you do all these exercises and stretches, you think of them as the challenger. So that puts a totally different spin on it. Um, if you are the rescuer, you could become more of a coach. So the difference is you're not going to pity the victim. You're not going to um, baby or feel sorry for the victim. You're going to give power to the victim. I mean, yeah, you're going to give power to whoever the victim was to make changes. So when I see a client, I don't, um, I, I try not to let them wallow too much. You know, the first session, I may let them talk and talk and talk and talk. 
And that seems to be very healing, very therapeutic, just to get it all out. But we're not going to spend three sessions complaining about the situation because that's I'm not empowering them to make change. I'm letting them, I'm adding mud to their wallow pit when I do that. If I say, oh, bless your heart, that does sound horrible. I mean, that's not helping them make changes. It may make them feel justified in their victimhood, but it's not allowing them to make changes. So if in this flipped triangle, David Emerald says, the victim becomes the creator. Don't you love that? So instead of being a victim, you get empowered, you become the creator. So you start looking at situations as um, an impetus to change and grow and become creative. Obstacles are a chance for crazy growth. And I know that is so hard to hear. We had a situation um, with somebody in my family experiencing a lot of health issues. And, you know, at first I wanted to be the rescuer. I wanted to, I know something about health care. I can make appointments. I can do this. I can research diagnoses and medicines. So I become the rescuer. Um, and then pretty soon I start feeling burned out and like, I don't have any time. I'm getting stressed out and anxious about this situation. So I became the victim. And then it even becomes a little bit of a persecutor situation like, all right, come on now. Why don't they do what I told them to do? Why aren't they taking these recommendations? Why aren't they following through? So if I flipped that situation around, I would become more of, instead of rescuing this person, I would become more of a coach, not pity them, but just, okay, here's this, here's the information. You can take it or you can not take it. Um, when I became a victim, instead, I would become a creator. Like, look, this is a hardship that I'm going through. I can use this. A lot of hardships are excellent material for writing. So, you know, use that. And I really did. I started a blog post about it. And I haven't published it. But when you have all those feelings, emotions, and thoughts around something, that's an excellent time to be creative, even though you don't feel like it. This is a subtle shift, though, y'all. If you're in the throes of feeling like a victim, you're not you're probably not going to be able to, like, have this sudden change of perspective. You may need a coach or a therapist or a really honest friend to talk to you about this. So this is where I come in. If you are feeling like you hate a situation, if the word hate is in your mind right now, like, I hate my boss. I hate my job. I hate my somebody in your circle. Um, you hate a situation. It, you probably need to talk to somebody about this because even though you don't want to, it doesn't sound good to be a victim. You're being a victim right now. And this is not going to help you in life. You're not going to find joy as a victim. So if you can flip that pity that um, woe is me situation into creativity, into using that as, um, as, as a reason to change and grow. But it's going to be really hard in the situation. And I would say it, if you're doing this on your own, it could take months or years until you're able to look back and say, wow, the year after that divorce or after I quit my job, like that was really hard. 
but I'm a totally different person than I was a year ago. I talked to somebody um, this week who quit their job a year ago. And she was like, oh my gosh, I can't even start telling you what all's happened in the last year. Um, and, and she had been a victim who hated her job, quit her job. And then it took months and months, a solid year before she was able to flip that around and say, now I'm working on a memoir about everything that happened to me. So think about this. If you would like to talk, y'all reach out. I have talked to the coolest people and I especially love women who are dealing with work issues because that's that's what I went through. I was, Lord knows I was the victim and I felt so sorry for myself. And I talked to anybody who would listen um, when I was at my a previous job and yeah, the, the persecutor was my boss. Um, my coworkers and I would take turns being the rescuer and the victim. And then the boss was always the persecutor. And I just stayed in that mud pit of victimhood for, it was at least three years. <laughs> it was awful, awful. And then it was I, a therapist, I think was the one who said, what are you going to do about it? And that was the first time somebody had really called me on it. What are you going to do about it? It's up to you to create something different. If you don't like how your life is going, it, you know, do something about it. And y'all, you will notice all these excuses pop up. Be very aware of them. They are, they're deeply embedded in you. And they're your brain's way of saying, don't make change. Change is dangerous. Oh my gosh, it's so dangerous. Don't make change. Stay stuck. You poor thing. You just stay a victim. And that's what I did. I would say, I can't afford it. We can't afford it. It's not fair to my husband if I do that. It's not fair to this other person I work with because her workload is going to increase if I leave. Um, it's not fair to my boss because this boss trained me. Um, you will have all these excuses pop up, but it's your choice. You can choose to make changes. Yes, they're going to be hard. Yes, you may need a guide or a coach or a therapist or somebody to help you because you're going to be drowned by fear when you first decide to make a change. Um, but don't stay in the role of victim. Life is too short. You, you really don't want to spend a single day longer being this way. All right, that's it. Enough lecturing. I'll see y'all next week. Reach out if you if you felt like this episode was helpful or share it with a friend. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one -on -one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and, and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.